Welcome to Awakening Genius. This is a podcast and community dedicated to your inspiration and your elevation so that you can live fully creatively expressed. I'm your guide, Dijon. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned in to get lifted. Before we get started today, I wanted to invite y'all into something very special. If you resonate with this energy that we're expressing here, then this is something that you will probably enjoy. It's an opportunity to deepen with our community and expand your current network of creatives. We now have a program here at Awakening Genius that is designed to help you embody the infinite creative potential that you have. We all have equal amounts of creative possibility living within us, and it's our work to embody it and ground it so that we can consciously co-create a world together. Now, some of us don't identify with the label artist, but being an artist is not about whether you express yourself through a specific medium like painting or drawing. Being an artist is the level of presence you hold when you do anything. That's why an original painting is infinitely more valuable than a print because the artist actually interacted with that painting and infused it with their energy and consciousness. Art is an energetic transmission and it's not limited to the things we traditionally think of as art. When your grandmother cooks you a meal and infuses it with love, that is artistry in action. So inside of the Awakening Genius container, You learn how to cultivate high vibrational energy into the temple of your body through yogic practices. And then you will practice wielding that energy through creative exercises with community and play shops led by a diverse range of creatives. So you can express your artistry however you choose to. If that sounds intriguing to you and you wanna learn more and you wanna deepen with us, go visit www.awakeninggenius.club The link is also in the show notes, so you can access it there. We're looking forward to building with you, and now let's get into the episode. So I'm excited to try that out. That definitely opens up the amount of people we can connect with. So that's a blessing. And I first came across your work, I believe, after I was looking at Shaman Durek's Instagram. And I know you guys have like a master class together. Isn't that right? What's that class? That's the Awaken Your Powers master class. Okay, wonderful. So they had a master class together and then I stumbled across your Instagram and it's really beautiful, full of really cool information about wellness. And then I found your podcast and I was like, oh, she's someone I would like to meet. And it just so turned out that I was DJing a beach danza silent disco and then there she was on the beach. And I was like, this is really awesome. 
<laughs> you just set out the intention and the person appears. Basically, yeah, basically. Yeah. Amanda Bucci was there too. You were, do you know her? Yeah, I know her too. Yeah. So yeah. both very powerful, intelligent women with awesome offerings. So if you don't know Amanda, check her out as well. But I just wanted to have Sahara on because she has so much information about wellness and how to optimize your body using the ancient technology of Ayurveda. So I just wanted to open it up for you to share how you got connected with this ancient science and how you integrate it into your life. For sure. Yeah. So it really started with me because I needed the healing. I think most people in any type of healing science need it first themselves. Otherwise, it's not really like the sexiest topic to get into. So I needed the healing myself. I had my own health problems, which later trickled on into different digestive issues, hormonal imbalancings, anxiety, insomnia, fainting all the time, losing tons of weight, tons of hair, injuring myself all the time, all of these issues that were happening. And I went to so many different kinds of doctors and they just kept prescribing me different medications like, oh, just take IBS medication, get on birth control, take anxiety medication, be on antidepressants, all of these different things, but no one was getting to the real root of the issue. So intuitively, I knew that something was wrong with me. There's no reason why at 21 years old, my body should be shutting down, but I was lost and confused at the answer. And there's so much information out there on the internet. Should I be paleo? Should I be keto? Should I be macrobiotic? What should I do? So in this quest of trying to heal myself, I learned about Ayurveda and Ayurveda is the world's oldest health system and originated in ancient India, the sister science of yoga. And really yoga is a spiritual practice. Ayurveda is a mind body balance practice. So if you're practicing yoga because you're anxious or you want to get more flexible or whatever reason, you're really practicing Ayurveda. So I started to learn more about Ayurveda, but I was still very apprehensive about it because, you know, it's wasn't scientific or whatnot. But the moment that I began to learn about the different archetypes, the doshas, and I learned about vata, it was like I was reading my autobiography. Every single issue I had was described there. So the first, for the first time, I really felt understood. And also a lot of problems I didn't even know were problems. I thought this is just like my personality, like to overthink things and blah, blah, blah. I realized this was all interconnected with this one archetype, this one dosha. So I wanted, I was just hungry for all of the knowledge, everything I could about it. But at the same time, a lot of the practices were really archaic and didn't make sense for today's time. So I began to create my own system of merging modern nutrition with our modern lifestyles with this ancient Ayurvedic practice. And that's how I began writing my first book later wrote Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and now Eat Feel Fresh. That's amazing. So what I'm hearing is your interest in this started with you needing to heal yourself, mm -hmm. which I feel like is the path of any healer. It's usually something they're overcoming from within. And once they master it within, then they can start sharing it with some sort of confidence and like groundedness. Absolutely. And also, I think one thing that was really important that you said is even though your original inclination came from these ancient texts and you said Ayurveda is the oldest system in the world in this regard, you also updated it because things have to be made current. It's just like updating an app, right? Like it has to be modified based on what people need in that moment. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Even yoga, what we're practicing in the West is not actual ancient yoga. If you go to India, you say you want to practice yoga, this big fat guy is going to come sit in front of you. He's going to be like, okay, time to breathe. (laughs) And you're going to breathe for two hours. He'll be like, okay, great yoga session. See you tomorrow. You're not going to move because actually the word asana means to sit in stillness. So not that I love hip hop yoga and core power yoga and stuff. I love those, but we have to see that for these sciences to still continue and work for today's time, they need to be adapted. Why do we need more vigorous yoga classes because most people are sedentary whereas back then they were active they were farmers all day so they needed to just sit for two minutes Mm. so we're always changing the ancient ayurvedic diet again they could eat a lot of rice a lot of bread because they needed that sort of energy as farmers whereas Mm. today if you eat that amount of just carbs it's going to be too much for you sedentary lifestyle plus there's so many toxins gmos chemtrails. Monsanto did not exist even 100 years ago, let alone 5,000 years ago. So because of that, we have to update. We have to take further initiatives to alkalize our bodies because we are essentially fighting against toxins that our bodies are not familiar with. So the ancient Ayurvedic practices are time-tested, They will forever be true. If you look at the doshas, they will still make sense in every avenue of your life. Just the approach to it is what needs to be updated for today's time. For sure. So maybe you can break us off with the doshas. I know there are three. I am Vata Pitta, so I'm a bit of a combination, but maybe you could explain to people the different doshas. Yeah. So they're based off of the elements. So Vata is mostly air energy. So Vata, think air. Pitta, fire. Kapha, earth. So what's Vata? Air, fire. Kapha? Earth. Okay. Just because they're in different languages, I need to like make sure people got it right. <laughs> so people with a lot of air in their minds, what do you think they're like? An airy person. Just not as grounded in their head a lot. Mm-hmm. Totally mm-hmm. not grounded. And what do you think they're good at? Daydreaming, visioning. Mm-hmm. And what do you think their problem is? Probably finishing something. It's easier to think about something and create it than it is to round it into reality. Mm, Exactly. So that's a Vata personality right there. And it's related to crown chakra, third eye chakra. They're receiving the idea, but they're not able to totally birth it and manifest it. That's where the real work comes in. So what if I said I have a lot of air in my stomach? What do you think that means? Maybe you were eating too fast. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. What do you think that would literally like look like in airy stomach like bloating yeah gas right. air moving through you and mm-hmm. constipation because if inside of your body is cold and dry like the air you're gonna be constipated mm. so bloating gas constipation cracking joints what's cracking it's air moving through your joints mm. so what is the mind if it's running too fast that's anxiety that's a tornado so if you think about what does air look like physically emotionally mentally in my joints in my digestion that is vata right there air Gotcha. Now, if I said, ooh, that girl's really fiery, what do you think her personality's like? Emotional, loud, reactive, maybe. Mm -hmm. And what do you think a fiery person is good at? Inspiring people, getting energy going. They're probably a good person to have at a party. Mm -hmm. And what's their downfall? Knowing when to chill and not to be turned up. Exactly. They're always trying to go somewhere. So fiery people, pit to people, they're very goal-oriented, ambitious, hardworking, structured, routine, disciplined. But 
all that fire can turn into a volcano. And that is when they erupt. That is when they're angry, they're agitated, they're impatient. The little thing just ticks them off. They feel like they're moving so fast, they get frustrated that people don't care as much as they do. Mm. So they tend to just run the show, which can also be, it can be a leader or it can be aggressive. So that is like the pit, the light side and the shadow side of it. So in the body, if I was like, oh, I feel like I have a lot of fire in my system. What do you think that means? Maybe that could be like heartburn for one, but then also just internal energy moving and you not feeling able to ground and be still. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So heartburn, literally your heart is burning. We have the same words in English, hyperacidity, acid reflux, inflammation, irritation, rosacea, rashes, hives, acne. This is all a reaction to something, just like the fire, too much heat. Even in Spanish, when someone has a cold sore or acne, they say, el tiene fuego, he has heat. Mm. So it's not just Ayurveda. We've looked at the body like this in every ancient culture. It's just only in recent times that we've decided to only look at calories and macronutrients, but the qualities of the food are what have allowed us to survive for so long. In the summertime, you don't crave chili, you crave salads and smoothies. In the wintertime, you crave the chilies and the curries and the stews and the warm foods. It's your body naturally self-regulating. So even if you are not familiar with these terms, the doshas, you're actually practicing Ayurveda already. We were all born with this wisdom. So the heat in the body, agitation, and then inflammation. So as a society, we're dealing with a global pitta imbalance. The pitta, the inflammation inside of ourselves is creating inflammation in society, which is why we're seeing so much war, gun violence, hatred, just our system is in reaction right now. We have a massively imbalanced pitta for president, Donald Trump, and we can see the fire literally coming out of him. On the good side, we'll tell, we can say he was a very strong manifester. He really saw himself in the position. He didn't let anything stand in his way. He right. really went after what he wanted. He had no shame about it. He never right. said, am I worthy? Could I? No, he just went for it. But the other side, we can see it's like fires coming out of his head. He's very us first them. He's reactive, dualistic. Sometimes when there's too much pitta, you see everything in duality, us versus them, good versus evil. Whereas the word is the world is spectrums. And we also see he dyed his hair orange because he just like wants us all to know he's a pitta. <laughs> so that is a great reflection that. of what is happening to society right now. The inflammation, the pitta, the heat in us is creating this ripple in society. Whereas in the health conscious community, the wellness community tends to be a vata imbalance going on. Too much airiness and not enough doing because they mm. feel like the doing is too sticky. It's too much work. I'd rather just sit in my dreamlike state, but then your amazing ideas never get done. Mm. So even different subgroups have different doshas they're prominent in. And then there's kapha. So kapha is earth energy. So if I was like, oh, that girl is so earthy. <laughs> what do you think she's like? Someone who likes nature, someone who likes to, you know, drink tea and is a homebody and it's just a chill energy to have in this space. So what do you think that person's good at? Hosting, making sure everyone feels comfortable, making sure everyone is nourished. I think of a motherly energy. Mm -hmm. And what do you think that person's downfall is? Inaction. They're probably the opposite of that fire energy that is always looking to get things done. Maybe they're too contented on the shadow side and just not feeling like they need to do anything. 
Yeah, and your nail is. You've done better than anyone I've ever asked these questions to. <laughs> like, exactly. So that's Kafa. You just said it. Podcast done. Um, but that's Kafa energy right there. It's it's the earth, you know? If you think about the quality of our planet, we live on this planet. It provides us water, oil, resources. It's, what do you need? I got you. And the pitch is like, okay, I'm going to take some more of that. And the thought says, oh, let me like write a poem on that piece of paper. So like you can see the earth is giving, the pitta, the fire is creating, and the vata is envisioning and dreaming. So they have different places in society. And I talk right. a lot about how your dosha is related to your dharma, your life purpose. But essentially, they're just qualities that we all have them. We all have all three, but in various amounts. So that earthy person, they are kind, loving, nurturing, humorous, loyal, supportive, but the other side is they can put others in front of themselves and then end up feeling depleted. So Oprah is a very good example of the Kafa energy. Why do we love Oprah so much? Because she can sit next to anyone and ask that one question and just empathetically listen. And that is a superpower that a lot of people don't have. Even if I did the whole podcast episode like this, and I just spoke like this the whole time. Do you ever have guests that talk like this on your podcast? Not usually because I come with a lot of energy and I get people <laughs> to match my tone. So do you get frustrated and annoyed like right now when I'm doing this? It's a little bit annoying, yeah. <laughs> so this is what happens. So Kafa P, I'm sure you've seen a lot of them here in Venice Beach. Like they just move slowly. They hug you for seven minutes. Like it's just, they'll stare into your eyes and just, so for some people that feels amazing. They're like, wow, I need more kapha in my life. I need more earthiness and more peace and calm. Whereas for other people, like pittas are like, what the hell are you going to say? Hurry up. And vatas are just like, you just lost me there. So it's different. And it shows what is your relationship with the kapha inside of you mm. on how you can deal with it. I'm the same way. I can't really stand those kind of people but I'm also so vata pitta that it's, it is hard for me to chill. So it is a reflection of what I actually do need more of. And right. I'm seeing that in that person. So it's interesting just your relationships with the doshas and, and what you really need. <laughs> That's funny. So I guess from a, I feel like people would be interested in this because everyone's interested in relationships, but would you be more likely to pair two vata pizza people together or a vata pizza person with a kapha person to balance those energies out? Yeah. So I always say in the relationship, you really want all three doshas present. Okay. Because that's actually what's going to create all spectrums of what you need in a relationship. Two really vata people, they're going to be really excited about each other and then get really excited about something else. It's, oh, things are going great. Oh, I'm actually moving to China. Bye. And there's no real grounding there. Like the first right. date, they're talking about all the things they're going to do and then neither of them takes the initiative. So mm. there tends to be one person who's a little bit more pitta, who's like moving, moving it along. Okay. Are you seeing other people? What do you want to do next? Da. So even if you're not a pitta, you may be the more pitta one in the relationship. This has a more masculine quality, but in Ayurveda, we don't really call the doshas as masculine and feminine. But if we're looking at it from the lens today, pitta is a little bit more masculine because it's more structured and, and, and action oriented. It's more yang and Vata, it's more yin and they're still doing it's different. Kapha is definitely a yin energy. Vata like in between. So 
if there's two really pizza people, it's going to be like, okay, when are we getting married? Like really hot and heavy. You're just going for it. But then maybe both of you wants to be like the dominating one. Both of you wants to be taking control. Maybe you're butting heads. You know, a often, oftentimes pittas and relationships go into business together because they're both such business people, but then it can turn into, they have friends, they're like a couple and they like can't do a podcast together because both of them will want to like both be the ones who talk. So it's like really hard for them because they're both right. have a lot of the pitta. Whereas two co- just coffee people, it's going to be too chill. They're like, yeah, let's just stay home. Let's just watch Netflix. Let's just chill. So you want to date someone of another dosha to get you going. But so let's say your vata pitta, maybe you need a little bit more kapha in your life. Maybe you gravitate to more earthy, chill, calm people. Maybe a kapha person needs someone more fiery, etc. Like for example, my fiance and I were, I'm like vata pitta, he's pitta vata. So we both need more kapha and our issue is we're sitting next to each other, let's work. And so we're, we always have to remind ourselves like, okay, don't pull out your laptop. That's something we have to be more mindful of. He definitely probably has even more kapha than I do. So if you don't have it naturally, you're going to have to go create it somehow. What's one of your favorite kapha producing activities or something like that? Yeah. Walking on earth, especially with your bare feet, that is literally grounding your body, recalibrating you with the negative ions of the earth. I think that's a lot of a healthier kapha than like vegging out in front of the TV. Yes, that will bring up your kapha and that's fine to do sometimes, but that's more of an imbalanced kapha, whereas a more balanced kapha that's full of like life force, which we call ojas and Ayurveda would definitely be being in nature. Wonderful. Who know Ayurveda would apply to so many things? I knew it applied to the body, but I didn't really think about the relationship aspect and balancing your relationship or who you're choosing as a partner in that way, but it does really make sense. So for those of you wondering how you can figure out what dosha you are, I believe you have a dosha quiz on your website, right? I do. Yes. If they go on, I am Sahara, Sahara like the desert, rose.com. I am sahararose.com. You'll see the dosha quiz right there. It's also on my Instagram bio. I am Sahara Rose. And I like to separate the results between the dosha, between the mind and the body, unlike other tests, because sometimes you have a lot of one dosha in the mind and a lot of another in the body. On average, the average American is a kapha imbalanced in the body, vata imbalanced in the mind. Why? Because we're sedentary, sitting, overeating, but we're multitasking and anxious. You'll treat what's going on in the body with the diet and you'll treat what's going on in the mind with the meditations and lifestyle. That's wonderful. I hope you've enjoyed Sahara's wisdom as much as I have. I feel like if you're new to Ayurveda, she's a great resource to begin educating yourself with. And even if you are somewhat familiar, she has updates about how to integrate it in today's modern society. It's wonderful having you on. Thank you so much. Hmm, Thank Um, you for having me. Her book Is it Eat, Feel Fresh? Yes. Yes, it's available everywhere. And anything else you want to share with the people about how to connect or anything you're doing in the future? Sure, yeah. They can connect with me on Instagram. That's the best place at I am Sahara Rose. I also have a podcast, Highest Self Podcast. I talk a lot about how you can see the doshas with your tongue and the shape of your face and like all of these other things as well as just spiritual and Vedic wisdom. So check it out, Highest Self Podcast. And if you heard me here on Dijon's podcast, just shoot me a message and I'd love to hear from you. All right, fam, thanks for being here. This is another episode where we resource the tools in our community to be our best selves. Thank you, Sahara, so much. Thank you. I also want to add the, the title of your podcast is very Pitta. I am Vata Pitta, so. Yes, it's coming through. <laughs> yeah. All right, thank you.
I hope you enjoyed that episode of Awakening Genius and that you feel closer to embodying your full creative expression. If you like what we're doing here, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Connect with us on social media at Awakening Genius. And if you want to go deeper into anything we talked about on this episode, you can go to awakeninggenius.club. This is Dijon. Much love. Peace.